DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK. Yeah. Uh, beautiful words. What? Three and... Oh! Won the lottery. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Almost. Yes, you will. Ooh, good. I don't play. Or depending on who it is, no, you won't. Highly more likely, yes. Or in your case, no, she won't. That's still amazing to me. What? You got somebody say yes. The Aggies <laughs> and the Cougars, a perfect 3 and O. Oh. I suppose you are more stunned by the Aggies. Stunned? Surprised. Amazed. Well, when you bring in 16 transfers and your best player on defense and the quarterback. <laughs> it's a new team. Yeah. I was thinking about this. These people who write these preseason magazines and all, they're going to go extinct. Yes. It's such, it? a, it's such a curveball with all these yeah. uh, transfers. Right. So you don't know who's up, who's down, who's what, who's coming in, who's leaving. And so, you know, if you would have told me that these kids, and I'm not watching Arkansas State, although I have deep roots there. They're my new ASU team. Uh, at least they don't commit a penalty every other play. Embarrassing. I was embarrassed for them. We'll get to that. Uh, you know, how do you know how they're going to be? It's still early, but it's going great for Utah State. And it's tremendous. And BYU, when are they going to lose? The Rose Bowl? Going to be favored for a while now. <laughs> I mean, I hope that Utah State beats uh, Boise. we got two 4-0 teams coming in uh, in two weeks. That would be awesome. The state of uh, Arizona, or Arizona, state of Utah. Would the be, showdown. Yeah, that would be great. Absolutely great, yeah. If nothing, Utah State is wildly entertaining to watch. <laughs> Nonstop. You know, even their non-Division One game, they got down 21-7, or 21-7. Right in the first quarter, and that was entertaining. Big plays galore, man. Big plays all over the field. So they're they're fun to watch. Anderson's a coach with an offensive background, and it, it's obviously showing. So, and then we see with uh, Boise. Boise's still the big dog. I realize they they've lost a couple of ball games here, uh, but they're still the big dog in that conference. And this is a massive, massive game for them. For the Cougars this week, just keep it going. Uh, for the Utes, get back on the winning track. So we're already in week four, and a lot at stake. A lot of fun stuff at stake. Hopefully we'll talk with Samson Nakua, scheduled to join us in this segment here. So hopefully we'll uh, talk to him. For Cougar fans, they had it. It felt like it was slipping away. Your Devils got it back to 21-17. Had the pick, running for a pick six and a go-ahead score, or at least field position to set it up, and to play the game. Maybe the play of the year. Tyler mm. Algier. Chase him down. Yeah, but they punch still punch it away I, and recover. I, I, I think when they had a third down and got a first down to Romney, I mean that you know, they still had so much to go. I don't know that. I mean it was a highlight play for sure, but they were back in their own territory. If the devil stop them, they still had all the momentum, but they couldn't stop them. And they couldn't stop themselves. You know, I was watching the Ute game, finishing out the Ute game, and I got a text from a friend of mine. Said, oh man, these devils, they got so much speed. I, and I could show you the text. I mean, I, I actually I hadn't switched over. 
so I didn't see the the, the fumble on the kickoff and the, the free touchdown mm. that they gave him. I hadn't seen that yet because I was concluding through the Utes at that point. And I texted him back. I said, oh, relax. I said, <laughs> they're <laughs> they, undisciplined. They've they're, been undisciplined. They play close games. They'll be close in the fourth quarter yeah, but, and but, make some and, plays. And they'll shoot themselves. They, they don't have any discipline. These pro coaches, it's this Dennis Erickson all over. Oh, the crowd this, the crowd that. Yeah, you played SUU and Tempe, and you committed 10 penalties in the first qu- first half. So I don't want to hear about the crowd. That was the first game. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's it's absolutely it's, it's okay losing because if you're a Sun Devil fan, uh, you're used to losing. I mean, I think uh, in twenty the last twenty years since twenty twenty or yeah no twenty is two thousand year two thousand they're like ten eleven games above five hundred. So I mean, and, and you're going to play a division double A team. You got a gimme every year with your money game. Yeah. So if you're a few games right. over five hundred, that's, that's money games. Right, that's what it is. Yeah. So, so you're 500. I mean, and, and and I always get these people. They never when they have a big win, nobody ever texts me. But you know, Gordon texts me. What's up with your Sun Devils? Uh, I text. Um, have you been watching the last 40 years? It's the same old story. The only time when you you called it that one year, they get that was money. <laughs> hopefully, uh, but you, I didn't call. Hopefully, it just, now you're done rooting against them because it's not worth you any just energy. Totally make this. Up. I do Why not. would I root against? I don't them? know. That's the baffling point. But it's obvious you do. It is At least Jake obvious. Scott comes and says that you like to hide stuff. I don't. I don't understand it. But yeah, they, they're they're embarrassing. They need to clean house and get rid of these guys and and get somebody in there who's going to hold them accountable. Because you can say all this stuff about well, we can't keep doing this, but nobody came out of the game when they committed multiple fouls over and over again. But anyway, that's them. Nobody wants to talk about them. We want to talk about the Cougars, and the Cougars are rolling, man. They're doing what they need to do. Uh, I was told uh, that if uh, they win this week, the uh, attention that SC is going to give Kalani is going to be uh, magnified greatly. And that was the end of last week. And the people who tell me these things as they're driving to work right now, they know what they're talking about. Because <laughs> they, I mean, I told you weeks ago, I didn't put it out on Twitter, and I'm not uh, somebody from some national thing, but I told you weeks ago that they were going to get in the Big 12, and I told you that the Big 12 wasn't done looking at expansion and and Stuart Mandel and all these guys. Hell, I told you a month before Dave Rose was going to retire that he retired. So uh, I know a lot of Cougar fans don't like me and they think that people at BYU don't like me. Well, that's not the truth. They actually adore me, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> they worship you like a false god. Well, no, what they, they do is they trust me. That's <laughs> probably a little closer to the truth. Uh, Ironically, they're Ute fans who think you love the Cougars and hate the Utes. And the truth is, they're you to love you, worship you like false God. Okay, they trust you. You know, it's funny. This 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 took the cake yesterday. I guess it was Saturday night. Uh, I got uh, I got a text or no? I I normally keep my mentions off on Twitter because and I never respond to you. So don't ask me a question because I'm not going to respond. It's just a personal policy to keep myself out of trouble. Uh, it's a good policy. Yeah, so I don't I don't respond back. But uh, I got a a tweet that the a Cougar fan that said, "How come you only tweeted once about our game and you tweeted so many times oh, about yeah, the Ute game? I know. You don't you don't like us. I mean, you were in love with Whittingham. <laughs> well, if you read the tweets with uh, the Utah game, 
Can Britton Covey play offensive line? Can <laughs> Britton Covey play on the kick return team? They were all slamming the Utes. Yeah. So, but that's the world we live in in this. Everybody's community. everybody's against you nonstop. So, and I hate them all. That's for sure. So it's excited. not. Uh, it's not. It's not actually true. Don't actually think that you have any. I have anything for against you because I hate everyone. But Cougars are rolling. They're three and zero. They're doing what they're supposed to do, and they are going to be favored in one game after another going forward. Taking care of the ball is a big thing, and making the occasional play. A Rod throws down an occasional trick play. And away they go. They're very solid offensively. I mean, they're not spectacular by any stretch. I mean, the game, the score almost was identical in game three as it was in game two. I mean, if they uh, made the extra point, it would have been dead on. Let the other guys make mistakes. And you play solid ball. And that's More games are lost done. than are won. We've been told that a lot. And you see it play out again and again. Yeah, it was cool for them to be able to, to do that because that's that's what happened. They went ahead and continued to make mistakes the devils repeatedly over and over and over again it was embarrassing as i say and the cougars the cougars took advantage and they're 3-0 and it's it's ironic to an extent that they're 3-0 against the south that's great and we're going to keep making excuses that the schedule is weak i mean what the hell do you want alabama and and, and well yes because you know what that means well no you don't no, nobody should it, wish it, that. If you want to, if you want to win, you don't. Uh, but it, yeah, but if you get Alabama, that means you're in the playoff. Yeah, but you're not going to get Alabama. They're not going to let you in the playoff. Uh, you've now won 14 out of 15. We're going to continue to just beat on the schedule here. I mean, somewhere in the great beyond, Lavelle Edwards is smiling. I mean, these teams that they're playing now aren't any worse than they played back then when the legend was being built. I can argue they're playing better competition. And they've won what? 14? Is it 13 out of 14 or 14 out of 15? It's 14 out of 15 yeah. now. Yeah. Come on, man. 11 and 1 and 3 and 0. Oh. I've had people uh, for the last year plus, as we all have, just crack on their schedule. Their just schedule, keep, keep cracking. Good. Keep cracking. Meanwhile, they keep winning. That's all that matters. You crack, they win. <laughs> <laughs> Right? And now it's South Florida. That ought to be 4 now. Should be, yeah. Did you see the point spread for it? I did not. Want to take a shot? 22. 23 and a half. BYU by a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overwhelming. Well, it's a good opportunity to get uh, some other guys into the game, continue to build the depth and all that stuff, get them even if it's minimal experience is better than no experience. Uh, but they got to take care of business. They don't want to hear that right now on a Monday. That's not what they're about. Uh, sure. Just keep plowing ahead and doing what you do. Play solid football. Don't give up big plays on defense. You, your punter is all world. He's punting out of the gym. <laughs> I'm mixing sport metaphors. Whatever works, man. <laughs> Both for him and for you. Yeah. Uh, It looks like it's BYU's time to have a punter who turns the field every time he gets out there. Utah had done it for years and years, and now it's uh, BYU's turn. This kid's booming things all over the place when he gets out there. Program record 83-yarder. Yeah. Good for him. Good for them. That's solid. That's important. 
Field position matters, especially if you're not going to be a wide-open, explosive offense. They haven't been, but it's been enough. Get a big lead, play field position, run out the clock, win the game. It's basically what we've seen. Same script, three games in a row. Yeah, I mean a two-possession lead with the clock dwindling. Mm -hmm. That's good enough. You got to love what they're doing. It's all about winning games. And they're winning. Kalani's in his sixth year. He's on top of the world. He's got the program rolling. That's what matters the most. Anything else is just your bitter. If, a, any criticism towards them right now is that you don't want to acknowledge and you don't want to give them their due. So you're just creating uh, reasons as to why, yeah, yeah, but. As, as I said, for years, BYU always says, yeah, but. Well, now Utah is having a down season. ASU, ASU's ASU. They've never really changed for 40 years. So they'll win their six or seven games, and every time they have a ranking in the Pac-12, they'll be between five and eight. I mean, that's <laughs> where they live. They've lived there for four decades. Sleeping giant. No, they're not. In a deep, deep sleep. No. I mean, they're okay. I mean, that, that was an embarrassing performance. It's okay to lose. I mean, there's a winner and loser in every game. But not like that. That's inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. Uh, and that's what they did, and, and the Cougars took advantage. It, it's good to have discipline. At least watch the ball there. Unless the ball moves, you don't move. It can't be that difficult. I don't care if you, <laughs> you know, you got 55 jets taken off right in front of you. and Just watch the ball. That's, that's pathetic. And that Merlin Robertson, who made that play, he wanted to go to BYU, but BYU wouldn't take him. He had a kid out of wedlock at a high school. You saw him come up to Kalani after the game uh, when Kalani was doing his on-the-field interview. And uh, they, they have a relationship. They certainly had one. I know they did because Kalani himself told me years ago. Uh, so the uh, kid made a nice play, and Algier was all about hustle. It was just a hustle play. A great hustle play. Yeah. Whatever it takes to win. And that flipped the momentum big time. Yeah, I don't. I see. I, I disagree on that. Because if the defense gets a stop and the Devils get the ball, they got the momentum right there. I mean, th- there was no momentum change because it, it just, it was a 10 second play. So it's all about the offense moving the ball. Because if they go three and out or take a sack, Whatever momentum that was lost, it came right back. So, I mean, it's a great play. I'm not denying the play. But I don't think that it flipped anything. Because the offense had to move the ball, and it did. And then defensively, when the Devils got the ball back deep in their own territory, they had to, the defense had to step up. That's a highlight play. That's what that was. It was a highlight play. Because you don't know that they would have scored. You're, you're assuming stuff. Well, the way they were going, it would have been first and 45. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, if, if, that turned the mo- I have to, if that turned the momentum, I have to assume a bunch of stuff. Well, that's all momentum does. I mean, it still would have been a close game and there was still a quarter to go. But, but my way, I'm not assuming anything. The offense had to move the ball, get that out of there. It's the nature of which momentum they did. to assume stuff. You've got momentum. No. You assume good things are going to happen. No, I, the momentum is obvious. When it switches, you know it. 
And no, I, I disagree on that too. I don't, I don't assume anything. I assume nothing. It's all settled out on the field. There's no reason to assume. I mean, I, I, the, the Cougars have won three games because they deserved them. They made the plays. They did what they were supposed to do. That's what it was about. And there was, there was no, I have no reason to assume anything. A great hustle play, highlight play, fun play. Uh, but he was going to make the tackle, so he saved a touchdown irregardless of whether the ball was fumbled or not. The ball could have been fumbled out of bounds. Any number of things could have happened. Uh, I appreciate their hustle, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume they were going to score. Why would I assume that? I mean, and their their special teams isn't very good. So if they stop, they kick a field goal. That doesn't give them the lead. Uh, so I gotta. I gotta assume a whole lot. That was the highlight play, and it may be the highlight play of the season, but. If I assume that that changed everything, I'm discrediting BYU's offense and defense. And at this point in the season, I don't want to do that because they look really good. How do I know that even if they would have scored a touchdown, that the Cougars wouldn't have come right back and retaken the lead? I got, I got to get way out there in assuming. And to me, the more I assume, the less credit I give to the solid nature of the team and the way they play. Not taking away from an absolute great hustle play, highlight play, but I don't know what would have happened from that point on. I mean, that that's if I got to assume that, then I'm going to assume that, well, if the Devils just would have held on to the ball to open kickoff, they would have won the game. I mean, <laughs> you know, where, where do the assumptions begin and end? They never do. Over three hours, we expect stuff to happen, but it's sports, it's our live drama. And we thrive on the unexpected happening. And when it does, then we say things like it switched the momentum. And if you think so, fine. I just don't think so. I don't, I don't think that they had established any momentum. I don't, I don't necessarily think the game was slipping away. I mean, it was the same thing with Utah. The game was slipping away. No, the same thing with Arizona. All three games, the game was slipping away, but yet all three games they won. By eight, by nine, and by ten. So I, I'm I discrediting them. If I'm saying the game was slipping away, they needed something crazy to happen. No, they didn't. They, they, need- they owned the game. They owned all three games. They were the better team all three games. That is true. But it didn't feel like it when 21-7 turned into 21-17, and there's the pick, and the guy's running for a pick six and a go-ahead score. And, and it didn't feel like it when they had the safety, and Arizona scored, and it didn't feel like it when Actually, Utah got com- in, blah, I had more confidence then because, because Arizona sucks. Was, yeah, Arizona that, does That's suck. why. Yeah. That's why. This had nothing to do with BYU. Again, we're discrediting BYU. And they still weren't close. They had nothing. And that, you're, you feel better because you didn't believe in Arizona. I believe in BYU. It's not about the opposition. It's about this team making plays. That's what I believe in. I don't have to assume anything and because Tyler, they've made plays in their 3-0. and And Tyler Algier made a big one. No question. Unscripted. And the next play could have been a pick six for a 100-yard return. But it wasn't. Because they, they didn't need to. Because they got the ball back and they went ahead and played solid football and won the game because they deserved it. Because if, if I focus in on that play, that's a fluky play. And that discredits 60 minutes of solid football by the Cougars. 
Great play, no doubt. Highlight play. They'll be talking about it from year for years to come. But if I focus on that play, it takes away from the solid nature of the way they won the game. And that's what that's the story, how solid they've been for three consecutive games. That's the point. That is the bigger trend. That's who they are. That's reality. And who they will continue to be. I see no reason why it doesn't. I we mean, always th- say we wouldn't pick someone to go undefeated when the season starts. I still don't. That's what I was about to say. After three games, there's still so many things that can happen. Even though they're going to be favored in a bunch of these games. I know nothing about Baylor. I know nothing, nothing about, about all I know is All I know of Baylor is two years ago, they had the greatest quarterback ever. That's all I know about Baylor. They did not have Are you the going to finally listen ever. to me about that? Or no? No. <laughs> okay. What are you What are you telling me for? Go tell Kyle. He picked him. I mean, I know you know what you hear. You don't get to see anything. I know. Back away from it. I got it. That That's a good call by you. I understand that. I would do the same thing if I got boxed into a corner. The Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl. Bafungu the Sugar Bowl. Bafungu the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> now you're underestimating all the good things they did that year. I don't year. know what they did. I didn't pay attention. I have no you know idea they, what they did. You know they won 10 games. Big. I don't know who they played. I don't know. I, they played you. the Big 12. Don't dismiss the Big 12 now. Defensively, I will dismiss the Big 12. <laughs> I told you to dismiss the Big 12 defensively when I saw Tulane put 35 on Oklahoma. Yes. I've dismissed the Big 12 defensively for years. Why would I start crediting them now? Come on. Oklahoma? Who's next? Who's going to win the Heisman? You want to win the Heisman? Go to Oklahoma and play quarterback. You got a great chance. They've only had three. Odds seem to be in your favor. <laughs> and, and, and Rattler? <laughs> if not, go run the ball at Alabama. <laughs> sure, yeah. Although Smith got it last year as a receiver. Uh, but, yeah. All right, DJ PK, Noah Sampson Nakua. We don't know what happened. Yach is uh, trying to get a hold of him. He will continue. He's usually with us Monday mornings at 7 a.m. He's still reveling, man. You think that's it? No. No, it's Monday. He told this us is last a- week he was reveling. No, what, what it is, he's in the weight room right now. He's studying film. He's taking nothing for granted. Unlike you, he's assuming nothing. Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, coming up at 8.30. Blake Anderson, Utah State head coach, at 9.30. DJ and PK, the question of the day is next. The Aggies and the Cougars are 3-0. The Utes are 1-2. What is the world coming to? We will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Game week for the Utes in the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes open up Pac-12 play as they welcome in Washington State for an early start. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 1030 with the postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Ah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Hot takes your toast, and it's time for the question. Aggies and Cougars is 3-0. Utes are 1-2. What is this world 
coming to. Isn't that the beauty of sports? Because if we would have come in here uh, the week of the season and said, which you got two teams to be 3-0, and and you got one team to be 1-2, and this is nobody. Nobody would pick what we have. No, you would pick the Aggies at 1-2. and two. New coaching staff, all these new players. They got open in Washington Maybe State. Maybe the Cougars. Their history on Pac-12. Oh, the Cougars... You knew they were going to beat Arizona, but the right. next two, I didn't even know. I didn't know they were going to win. Two and zero. Oh. No, I think people pick BYU to be two and one or one and two right now. Three and zero. Oh That's is a what surprise. I'm saying. Right. So Three and one is and definitely two. Definitely surprise. Yeah, absolutely. One and two or two and one was the way to go with them. We lack faith. Story of my life. One and two or two or one would have been the way to go with. For sure. Yeah. With Utah State as well. And the three and zero oh team, we would have went right up here, up the oh, street. They've been three and zero oh so many times. Yeah. And yet they are not. Yeah, that's the beauty of sports. That's why. And Saturday night, the games are, and I watched the UC Los Angeles Fresno game. Wow, what a game. Why not? You know, yeah. I'm up. Yeah. I go to bed. So I go to bed at like quarter to to quarter to one. It's 2.30. I'm wide awake. <laughs> I could not sleep for the life of me. That never happens. It's usually on the other end. Huge adrenaline rush, though. Watching UCLA Fresno State. Unbelievable. No! Fresno scores and takes the lead. UCLA goes right down the field and takes the lead. Yeah. Fresno goes right down the field and takes the lead back again. Three touchdowns, three minutes. Boom, boom, boom. And college football is so unpredictable. It might, I think to me, it's such a great sport, whether it's the best or not. I don't know. I and mean, you can go back, whatever. It's a personal opinion. It on is that. personal opinion, whatever but, you like. But it's just awesome. There's so many games. Try to figure it There's out. There's so many storylines. Yeah, this is great. Absolutely great. I, I was so wired on Saturday. And like I told you, I turned on the television at 10. And I didn't turn it off. All day yeah, Until long. past 1230 at night, well into the, into the next day. And it was awesome, yeah. And then we got the Aggies in Boise at 10 a.m. this Saturday. Utes in Washington Utes State. Utes at 1230. 12, 1230, yeah. yeah. That's awesome, too. Bright and early. And the Cougars at their usual 8.30 spot. Stick them away. <laughs> Let's go. BYU after dark. Yeah, that's one of the great things about joining the Big 12 is that we assume at least half the games will be much earlier. Going to the Central Eastern time. Zone, the road yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, the road but games. But the home games. Right. No, no, right. But that's better than nothing. Better, in, better than Four nothing. Four straight man. weeks of 8.30. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. better. And this is, at least this is a good time of year to have those. It's not but freezing cold yet. Only four, Yuck? Well, well five, scheduled. Four five. so far. So far. Okay, you're not, ru- you're not ruling out a Well, no, it's going to have game for no, the well, Boise State's coming in in two weeks. That's going to be 8-15. Yeah. Uh, who the else Aggie, is coming? The Utah State game. 7 o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. Now that that, is that, that's decent enough. Yeah. 7 o'clock. You, you, you it's start, one of those games that starts way early at 7 p.m. 7. Yeah, 7 is just awesome. Absolutely, it's awesome. There's no it, doubt about that. At halftime at 8.40. Sweet. Yeah, and that, that's a legitimate time. Uh, you know, the 8, 8.15, 8.30, you're getting up there. Uh, I, I would imagine the SC game later on in this season is going to be later. So, but... When you're winning, who cares? <laughs> it's not as annoying. <laughs> Aggies and Cougars are 3-0. and Utes are 1-2. and What is this world coming to? Questions up at Facebook. You hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Brian looks at those and says, all is right in the world. Hashtag Pac-12 South champs. 
Don't count well, you're, your, only, you're only three and zero. Don't count your chickens yet. Yeah, you got to be USC in the finale. And it's so well, even Washington State because the the crossover games count just as they much. They do. Yes, in the right. standings. So you, you don't have to worry about tiebreak and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, go ahead and go ahead and go five and zero. Why, why the freak not? Go five and zero, and somehow get in the Big Twelve next year. <laughs> you don't want another year. I don't. I don't. I don't. You got to get to it. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I would, I would love to see them just begin in, begin in next year. And I think their fans would too, because having a conference is a lot of fun. You know, even they, for uh, even as we figure it out. Yeah, that's why I'm watching. For, oh, I'm watching Fresno and the Bruins at twelve thirty at night because it's a conference game. Our team's in the conference. I have a personal interest. Been doing it for years and years. You finish off with San Jose, Hawaii. No. Okay. I did not. No. I did not on that. Uh, conference games, what the other guys are doing matter. You get get a feel for it. Yep. You know, talking about, I watched the entire SC Washington State game for two reasons. Utes and Cougars both play SC, and Utes play Washington State this week. It's part of the job, man, to get a feel. I would be derelict in the duties, and it's not like it's digging ditches anyway. And when Slovis got hurt. And the Corner Canyon Charger came in. Uh, I see a Corner Canyon Charger. Come on. So I did have someone tweet at me <laughs> I, when I was tweeting that Slovis is out, and then you know, Corner Canyon Charger is in, and then he gets hit on the knee, and he's limping around, but he just keeps slinging it, and they go down the field, and they score and all that, and then and, and someone tweeted back at me, those Roy kids are tough. Yeah. Nice. Like what you did there. I mean, we get it. Well played. It's the world in which we live, and hell, I would go and play for care, too. The guy's an offensive genius. He's cocky as all get out, and I don't like the guy whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get back to him probably by 745. <laughs> <laughs> At the latest. No, he's a good dude. Known him for years. And uh, know the family a little bit. And he just he's awesome. And Jackson Dart was just absolutely brilliant, man. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, he threw, he threw a pick early. Uh, so what? He was just incredible. You really see, he just ran awesome. away with that thing. You, and you watch the whole thing, or, dead, you, or you wander off to another game? No, I mean, that's the thing about college no, football. There's locked, so many games. I locked down the whole time. Nope. Stayed locked down on Colorado, who couldn't move the ball at all? No. I didn't pay attention. I, I, Colorado and Arizona, I told you this earlier. Colorado and Arizona I know, but you said you were watching the game, and you watched all day, so I don't know if you wandered away on that game. Not, I did not. No. I, I, I was aware. I watched, uh, Colorado Lincoln. has no <clears throat> offense. It's going to be yeah. Arizona and Colorado, and the winner, that's going to be their only win. Yeah, you can see that. I mean, it's Pac-12. One, come on, Colorado's going to win one game, ten to seven. They've, they've Other than Arizona, they, they could. I mean, it's a predictions are predictions. Yeah, take them for what they're worth. No, but uh, they're slotted for five and six in the in the division. Yeah, whoever wins, and right now I'd give the advantage to Colorado. <clears throat> Somebody said to me yesterday, oh, "Was it a bad day?" I said, "No, man. I went one and one. What do you mean?" I said, I went to Northern Arizona for two years. Dad, a kid. We picked up our first win over Arizona since like 1933. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I'm a lumberjack at heart. I'm a big sky dude. Thought that Arizona losing streak was coming to an end. I have big sky roots. But no. I have big sky roots deeper and longer Northern Arizona roots than I do the Sun Devils. As one time Kirk Craigler was sitting in here. For you, you were out somewhere, and uh, he said, he said on the air, he says, what's the deal all of a sudden with you and ASU? You were an NAU guy. 
And now all of a sudden, I said, shh, come on, man. Let them think what they think. <laughs> Don't give me up on the air like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it became a, a lot more of a topic since uh, the youths got in the Pac-12. But another crazy day. Not a good day for the conference. No, another horrible day. But it doesn't matter. Because Oregon... Yeah, the whole judgment is a playoff. The judgment is the playoff. That's a, you don't get any which points. Which I think is ridiculous. You don't get any points for the middle of the conference. Now, the middle of the conference had a bad, another bad day. Yeah, so But what? maybe that just makes it easier for Oregon to run the table. Nobody's done it. Somebody has to do it at some point. If Oregon has a good team and the middle of the conference is weak... Maybe that yeah, tips the odds their way a little I bit. I would, I, yeah. Devils were on a five-game losing streak when they beat them two years ago, and this, Oregon had the uh, top, one of the top quarterbacks in the in college, college football. College football is crazy. There's yeah. plenty of stuff for plenty of time for so, weird stuff to happen. I think it's you're judged by judges, and that's how we judge the conference. There's too much judging going on. Uh, how about all the losses to the big sky in the Mountain West? You can't judge them for that. Some games are supposed no, you're, to win. But it doesn't matter. So what? <laughs> as long as Oregon gets into yeah. the playoff. That's the only knock against them, is that they don't get in the playoff. So they can lose to the Mountain West. If you're a Mountain West fan, great. But what does that get you? I want, Another recruit I want who's going to tip the balance of fire. I want gets you something. Not just the bragging rights don't do it for me. What are you going to get from it? Another round of recruits. It's going to elevate your program. Well, go look at the level of the number of Mountain West players in the NFL and go look at the number of Pac-12 players in. It's great. You won. Good for you. Great. But what's that get you? Adrenaline rush. Another donation from the boosters. Kids end up choosing the highest profile program where they can go. Based on brand. Yeah. Jackson Dart is at USC. He's not at BYU or Utah. He chose the brand. Right. Go for the glory. Right? That, that's where it's at. That's what we've been told for decades. Yeah. SC doesn't recruit. They select. Well, they evaluate. Evaluate. Select whoever you want. Urban Meyer was here years ago. We start recruiting after USC picks their kids. Right now, there's 150 kids think they're going to USC. Yeah. So if, if the Mountain West gets anything out of it, that would be great. I just don't know that they do. You can get bragging rights for the time, and good good for them. I, they, they, those teams play fine football. Oh, we certainly saw that from Fresno. Yeah, Fresno. Fresno's a decent program, and then sometimes they're better than that. You know, uh, uh, it depends. Uh, I, and I, I actually I think that you know these these uh, transfer rules has as an opportunity to elevate a program like Fresno. But find a little more consistency. You know, you can go there. You're small town, big fish. Usually you have 30, 33,000 at their stadium. Been their stadium a number, number of times over the years. Uh, so you can be a big deal there. That's great. Good for them. Matt, the Mountain West is greater than the Pac-12. Question mark, question mark. Oh, he's, he's asking or emphatically stating well, the question marks, uh, I would say, asking. Uh-oh. Clint says, I see skies of blue, clouds of white, the bright, blessed day, the dark, sacred night. I'm going a little and I think here? to myself, what a what wonderful, a wonderful world. world. Great song. 
See if Clint is an Aggie or a Cougar. So that's not what the Utes, Utes are. Uh, oh, look at this. Studied history at University of Utah. So he went to the U and he roots for BYU? I don't know. You fans aren't thinking what a wonderful world right now. They're one and two. Yeah, I mean, it sucks right now, but it's right now. And they, that's everybody who loses a game in the non-conference. Well, we're still, all our goals are in front of us. Yep. It's like that, that's why I'm so glad conference begins this week. We're 0-0 zero zero in the Pac-12, Kyle yeah. said in the postgame. Yeah. And Jim I, says clearly you scheduled too difficult a non-conference schedule. That's funny. I give you that one. That's decent. Yeah. Brady says Cam Rising equals Rose Bowl. Yeah, I thought Rising should have been the quarterback all along. The guy's got Moxie. He's got Flair. He plays better behind chaos. The stash. He's behind the hair. hair. <laughs> just, <laughs> you like the little uh, soul patch? It just that's who he is, man. He's got it going on. I always thought he should have been the quarterback. Should have told Kyle. He'll listen I to think you. he's the quarterback. So it gets back to them. Believe me, I've heard what it's in. So who cares what I think? What, what difference is it to make what I think? But I always thought that he had he has a flair that I, I don't know if the other guy had it. I just got tired of hearing he played well and threw for 9,000 yards. I mean, it just didn't do anything for me. I think if you go back, you're going to see him uh... – Drop back in the pocket, have good protection, and then make the magic happen. When he gets that, he seems okay. But when he's running, when he's off platform and all that stuff, then it, it doesn't go near. And then the well. offensive line Whereas, needs to step up. I mean, there was like four or five plays where uh, Brewer would go to hand off, and there'd be a guy yeah. right there. Well, yeah, they're untouched guys, guys blocking the wrong guy. Yeah, that can't happen. And that's I don't I didn't want to hear that you were zero and zero in conference last week. I didn't want to hear it. No, I'll hear it at the BYU game, but I didn't want to hear it about San Jose State. No, not 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 now. It's not about another the kickoff, conference. Another kickoff return for touchdown. It's about beating Washington State. It's not about winning the conference right now. Give me a win over Washington State. Get your bye, and uh, then you go uh, SC, right? And yep. what the schedule is. Yeah. It's, so to me, it's not about we're zero and zero. You're trying to rationalize losses. Don't rationalize. Own the losses. Build from them and go out and beat Washington State. That that's the entire focus. Not your zero and zero in conference. DJ and PK Hot Takes Your Toast brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Coming up, we are going to talk with Nick Ford. He's here at eight thirty. Aggies coach Blake Anderson, 3-0. Another rally from another double-digit deficit. Actually, from three different double-digit deficits in that game. And a 3-0 start. We'll talk with him coming up at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. We knew that this was coming when the Big 12 did what they did and took three AAC teams and put them into the Big 12. Those three have all accepted that invite. They're leaving. Now Commissioner Mike Oresco and Conference are headhunting the Mountain West Conference. There have been four teams announced as most interest. Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, and San Diego State. The Mountain West is without a doubt a better conference than the AAC. 
AAC. But AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco is extremely aggressive. He's not going down without a fight. And if you're Craig Thompson and you're not being aggressive and you're not trying to find a way to put away the AAC, they're going to do the same to you. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The question of the morning. Getting a lot of response here. Aggies and Cougars are 3-0. Utes are 1-2. What is the world coming to? Upside down. All the preseason predictions. Up in smoke after three games. Oh, no, I had it. I called it. You didn't. (laughs) You really didn't. Maybe the local media will talk about a ranked team more than a 1-2 and two team with an anemic offense, Tony Post. Tony, there is no way in you-know-what I'm going to talk more BYU than Utah. Get that through your thick skull. I love the Utes. They have been my team since birth. And of course I'm going to talk about them. Get over yourself. Do something. whoop de doo You've won 14 out of 15 and you expect me to be impressed? <laughs> <laughs> Daryl says this is a sign of the apocalypse. This is it. What is the apocalypse? It's all over. I don't even know what that is. It's end times, PK. The this apocalypse. Yep. I don't use any words that I can't spell. <laughs> you could spell apocalypse. Yeah, I you might be able to get the A, but other than that, I'll start getting out in the gray areas. But you don't need the spell anymore. You just pop up your computer, it changes it for you. John says this means that BYU with a win against USC will lock down the Pac-12 South title. What do you care? You don't, the Pac-12 sucks. That's the funny thing is we've heard BYU fans just denigrate the Pac-12 for years. Now all of a sudden you want to act like it's a big deal? You've told us it sucks for all this time. You folk are so inconsistent and I'm sick of it. Aren't you sick of it, Adam? Oh, we're drawing Adam in. Here yes. we go. Adam Templeton, Utah Valley University, job shadowing today. i got to be on the top of my game. I can't use the language I usually use during the break. He'll go home and tell his mother. Who lives relatively close to you? Yeah. This guy, man, three years ago, game-winning shot against, what was it, Jordan? Jordan. Three-pointer. Yes. Yes. You launch it. And then they put on like a half-second. And so they got to take the ball underneath the bucket. Well, he's 6'4 here. And he tips the ball up, catches it, and then spikes it into the court. The crowd erupts, storms the floor. Yeah. (laughs) I ran out there hugging him. Your boy, Dana Green, is there from Channel 4. Oh, yeah? Is that your son? (laughs) Said no. Next best thing, neighbor. (laughs) Dane Green. Gaucho. It was all. Awesome. In fact, uh, Craigford was there doing a story on something. I don't know, maybe in Kristobiak. Is uh, I didn't know all that when he Larry came walking a, in. But when you introduced him, and yeah. then you said he was across the street, I immediately asked the question: Do you mow the lawn with your shirt off? And oh, he yeah. can't come out and mow the lawn with his shirt off. Well, he saw Look me and he triggered. thought, "Hey." You're not the only buff guy who lives on the block. Look what you've triggered in the neighborhood. So yeah, yeah. The problem was when the, the seven-year-old lady did it. That's when we drew the line and said, nope, we're not doing that anymore. Apocalypse end times. He's <laughs> mowing the lawn with his shirt off. It's hot in the summer. Colton, one last take. Are you ready? Yeah. Two teams at 3-0. and 
One at one and two. What does it mean? Colton says means the Aggies are coming in hot for next week against Boise State. Huge game, absolutely. Because the the when you say like the Utes, oh, we're zero and zero in conference. That means you've had a disappointing non-conference. Nobody ever says it when they're three and zero. We're zero zero conference. Well, it doesn't matter. They're not. They're one and zero in conference because they beat Air Force. I I, I know, but. Still, this would be big because Boise State's been the big dog, and they play oh, for there. sure. They're this coming is gigantic. Off a, they're coming off a weird game. I mean, the first half, pew, pew, it's twenty-one twenty. They are lighting it up, and then the oh, you're talking half, about Oklahoma State game. Yeah, and then the second half, nobody scores. That was shocking. <laughs> that was like of all at halftime of all the final scores you pick. Well, it's twenty-one twenty at the half. What do you think the final will be? Nobody picks twenty-one twenty. Boise is the big dog in this conference, and it goes through Boise one way or the other. And you go up, you get a victory over Boise. Yeah, really start dreaming, man. Win your division. You got to worry about your division first. What's the what's they called? The Mountain is that the division yep. called? Mountain Division. Yeah, yeah. You're installed as the favorite, and then the Blake Anderson watches on. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. What is trending? Coming up next, all the headlines. And Nick Ford at 8.30. Stay with us. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Toss sweep, left side, Zach Moss looking for blocks, gets one, gets two, gets inside the five, spins around and heads into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo. You got D of A as a fullback, play action fake, pass in the end zone, uh, pets, diving catch, touchdown Tampa Bay, Tommy Tagrocki again, that's two today. High snap, put down, Joseph, come on, it is good! No, he missed it. Good. Are you kidding me, he missed it right. He missed it right. Oh my goodness. This, he missed a right. I wish this was the first time that we saw this happen. Oh, my heavens. The Arizona Cardinals flooding the field after beating the Minnesota Vikings 34-33. Jackson sets in the shotgun, takes the snap, runs to the left. He's got a cap. He's got a first down. And with That's how you win a play, football game. The Hayes in the barn That's for the how first you win a time game. in 2021. Tell the analyst to shut up on the radio broadcast. He's wrecking everything. Nah, the fans are listening to it. They're fans of that team, right? So he wants somebody to cheerlead. Who surprised you here, PK? Who stunned you? Was it the Ravens taking down the Chiefs when they were down two scores in the fourth quarter? Mm, to an extent, sure. That was the a Ravens good comeback. Home. They needed to win that thing to avoid going 0-2. Uh, man, it's still early. You know, the Raiders going on the road and beating Pittsburgh. Uh, not sure. Maybe Steelers are in a complete rebuild mode yet, but don't know it. Uh, so that was very impressive. Uh, Zach Wilson sucked. Somewhat surprising. Get it out of the way now. Uh, Patriots, I didn't know that they would win that easily, but yet they did. Titans beating the Seahawks in OT. That's nice. That was a big comeback, and uh, the NFL's best running back had another highlight run to help bring them back. That was phenomenal. He's awesome. Yeah, they look like crap against the Cardinals in the first week. 
Seattle, the only team with a loss in the NFC West. Niners, Rams, Cardinals, all off to 2-0 starts. The Niner thing, that was a defensive struggle. 17-11, they win in Philly. The Broncos are 2-0. Beat Urban. Urban got the question about getting out coached after the game. Broncos are 2-0 and get the Jets this week, so they ought to be 3-0. Good for them. Beating bad teams right out of the gate. They are our Broncos. Our Broncos, our Raiders. We got a lot of teams. I saw you on Twitter again justifying them being on television. Every week, <laughs> the Bronco Raider fan base will be mad. Why do you answer these people? For fun. They're not going to be satisfied. <laughs> they are not going to be satisfied. We're going to get we're going to get 18 straight weeks. We used to get 17. Now we're going to get 18 straight weeks of uh, emails from the team who isn't on. You're the only one. There's the Vichter or Vichter. Oh, man. they go to the sports account. They go to everybody. I know, but I understand that. But that wasn't the question. Oh, well, on Twitter. Who's the on one Twitter, who responds? Don't. Do the other guys respond? Uh, Fox and I usually respond. We're the ones. Sometimes we respond to each other if somebody has something particularly clever or bizarre to say in their email. What do you care? You're under contract. Yeah. Of course, I guess they could still fire you if you're under contract. They can. I hope they don't. Me too. Lions and Packers. It's awful to be fired by Channel 2, let me tell you. (laughs) Lions and Packers. Monday Night Football tonight. Jamal Williams against his old team. See that? See that bite about him yeah. comparing it to the girlfriend? Yeah, he's he's entertaining. He he's is entertaining. <laughs> he is. He's always had a way. One man's trash is another man's yeah. treasure. And the way he says it. Too. Oh yeah, he knew. Mm-hmm. All the writers had to know I'm playing right now. Yeah, he did that at BYU. He was so fun to talk to, and he's doing it here. Good for him, man. He's carved out a nice thing. He'll never be a star, but so what? He's carved out a career, which is like his fourth, fifth year now. So he's already beaten the odds. Especially for running backs. They're yeah. famous for being in and yeah, out. Three years, right? Yeah. yeah. So he caught on with another team. Both those teams own one tonight. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. The Utes beaten by San Diego State in triple overtime. As Kyle Whittingham said in the Ute update earlier this morning, a lot of the same issues, offensive line, special teams, the defense, I thought that would, I guess that'd be the silver lining right there, 24 points, but seven of them on a kick return and an interception set them up with a first and goal for another touchdown, so the defense, 10, maybe 13 points, mm. Yeah, you got to get the offense going, man. Yes. And I'm not here to crack on Brewer exclusively. You got to start with the O-line. You got to start everything. The running game isn't happening. Nothing happens without an O-line, as we're often told and as we are seeing firsthand now. Yeah, because if you give that kid time, he can win you ball games. And I would assume Rising will start. You would think so. I would start him. Yes. You got your best play out of him. I'd be a little worried about him surviving all this. I mean, he he played less than half the game, and he took how many big hits? Do you think he took four, maybe five? I don't see them all watching on TV. That's part of the game. Yeah, but that's too much a part of the game. 
He got hit twice as he was thrown under the ribcage of the army. I, I, I don't know. It's a, a, a an accumulation that would get you injured. You can no, get it injured, could just be on one. one hit. Yeah, he got. That's what happened to him last year. One hit knocked him out. So he's a one hit wonder. <sighs> Not exactly the perfect <laughs> analogy, but I get where you're wondering going. why I'm done. I'm wondering why hit. I'm done. <laughs> I worked so hard. Why did this happen? So, but he was scrambling around making stuff happen. Yeah, he was, and uh, and he's got to. He's just not. You're just not going to have the perfect pocket right now. The way things are going for the O line, he was fun to watch. And again, it ends with a catchable ball, and it looked like they were headed to another overtime, and it's not caught, and they're beaten. This crazy two point deal after three. Yes, after two. Why? Minimize the number of plays, the hits, and the wear and tear on the athletes would be the logic. And, and Utah, in its first overtime, had one play. Yes. I don't think they were gassed after one play. <laughs> I guess they're trying to avoid those uh, five and six uh, overtime monstrosities. But you're right. The Utes did just drop back and throw it to the end zone. And when Who will he it? take the top off was the it defense? Dixon? It Dixon, was. Dixon. Dixon take the top off in the first overtime. That's when he'll do it. We've been wondering what the answer to that question was. Yeah. All right, Utah gets Washington State this week. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. See if Peasley has some more magic here on third down. Rolls out to the outside. Needs to throw the middle of the field. It's wide open. Caught at the 10 to the 5 into the end zone. Brandon Bowling. That is a Utah State touchdown as Andrew Peasley has orchestrated back-to-back touchdown drives. And don't look now, folks. The Aggies have taken the lead back. Handoff to Tyler. Tries to bounce to the outside. To the 50. To the 45-40. Here we go. 30-10-5. Touchdown. Utah State. And the Aggies have taken the lead over the Air Force Falcons. Utah State down 10 points or more. Three different times. Bonner gets hurt. He gets knocked out. Peasley comes in. Bonner did come back for a series and then left again for the rest of the game. They were both really good. 49-45 the final. Beasley, three touchdowns off the bench. And that one you heard Scotty on the highlight there. Getting blitzed off his back foot, throwing it downfield. His athleticism was on full display oh, in that he's one. incredible, man. Yeah, big yeah. time. The two-point conversion run he had, yeah. zigging and zagging, stepped out of one tackle, and then made two unblocked guys miss. He's a big-time athlete, yeah. Yeah. We've seen big it. Time. Absolutely, man. I, I mean, we talked to Blake Anderson last week against North Dakota. It was in garbage time, man. But when he just got there and boom, he was gone. It was like no one was going to catch him. So, yeah, sure. He's got some talent there. You kind of see what he was talking about when uh, when he said, I, I know I want to start Bonner, but I can't tell Peasley why he's not starting. That was all on display in that Air Force game. They both made a bunch of plays in that game. Air Force's passing attack was a little better than I expected. They hurt Utah State with some big passes. I was disappointed in that from the Aggie perspective, and we'll have Blake Anderson on here in about an hour and 15 minutes to ask him. Uh, yeah, they're setting personal records in the first half. Too many big plays there. But 49-45, Utah State, the comeback kids, three games in a row, three times in that game. Double-digit deficits mean nothing to them. They got Boise State coming in. We'll talk with Blake at 9.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. So on first down, now another play fake. And again, trying to get away. Stays alive and throws a pick. Threw it right to the defender. Down the sideline, Merlin Robertson is going to be tracked down. 
He stripped it, and then it was the quarterback, Jaron Hall, who followed the play and hustled down and fell on the football. Romney tripped. He is going to throw. Heaves it to the end zone. Highlights is BYU beats Arizona State 27-17. The Cougars are 3-0. Hall gets hurt running the ball late in the game. He said after the game he just had the wind knocked out of him. He said he's fine. But Romney had to come in and avoiding the pass rush and lofting one to Rex in the back of the end zone to seal the deal. No, he heaved it. He didn't loft it. He heaved it. Okay. He heaved it high in the air. I don't think he heaved it. And he heaved dropped it. Makes it. it sound like it's a big, long pass. Well, it's not so much that he threw it 50 yards. It's more that he threw it off his back foot, fading away with the pass rush. But it was on target. It's a touchdown. It sealed the deal. They win by 10. And they've now played three games. Very similar script. Very similar final score. And they're 3-0. and Yeah, on top of the world, man. They are rolling big time. Went through that gauntlet. Pac-12 South teams. Get out of my face. Two of them were at home. Win by eight, win by nine, win by ten. They're getting better every week. One point better. And now here comes South Florida, and they're overwhelming favorites in that. 23 and a half points on the spread right out of the gate. 4-0. Up next, another late night game for the Cougars. You'd the, think, yeah. the Peely injury would be the big, That's a the big, big downer. Big downer in that game. He's been good for him. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Your leading tackler. I mean, on he's season. a really good player. You know, I would argue that he's their best linebacker. I could argue he's the best defensive player. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Cone from under center, hands off to Williams, right up the middle, covers up the ball, keeps his feet, still going, across the 35-30, running out middle of the field, 10, 5, touchdown, Kyron Williams, incredible run, 51-yard touchdown. Two-point conversion try, running back, and he'll get to the one, and he is stopped, he is stopped, Alabama holds on the two-point conversion at the two-yard line. Shotgun snap, blitz coming. Hayner for the corner. Touchdown. Touchdown, Fresno State. And with 14 seconds left in the Rose Bowl, <laughs> the Bulldogs Woo. once again have recaptured the lead. Woo. That's the end of the Fresno State-UCLA game with three lead changes in the last three or four minutes. Those teams going up and down the field. Jake Hayner throws for 455 yards and... He got smashed on the next-to-last drive. One-two combo. Yeah. His hip was bugging him. He was limping around. Mm, Take that, Robbie Bosco. (laughs) (laughs) Fresno State now has a four-game win streak against UCLA, and they are loving that. Also in there, you heard the two-point conversion fail for the Gators. Florida was down to Alabama at home 21-3 after one quarter. Fought back and ended up losing 31 29. Play. Just the quarterback, I'm going to give it to you. No, I'm not. And then we're just going to dance with each other. I thought they were dosy doing. Either there. hand it off <laughs> or pull it and try to get around Make the edge. A decision. Make a decision. Make up your play mind. with your game on the line, basically. It's pathetic. It was just a basic zone read. I thought it was more execution of the play call. He, did, 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 did the lineman crash? Did he crash? Because you got to say he crashed. <laughs> that, you got to crash down. 
But he's in the backfield and wrecked the angle. Crash. What a dumb phrase. (laughs) Crash down. You love football lingo. You were watching football morning, noon, and night early on. It looked like Oklahoma had Nebraska, and Nebraska got a score and got back in that game, and then Oklahoma with a tremendous interception to preserve the victory. So Nebraska was driving for the tying score. Thank goodness for Oklahoma. Dropped a spot behind Oklahoma in the, or behind Oregon in the polls now. If not for Oklahoma, we ain't in the Big 12. <laughs> not for Oklahoma, we ain't, we ain't in the Pac-12. Listen, <laughs> Oklahoma and Texas will decide what they want to do, and then everybody else will react, including Utah and BYU. We owe them a big thank you. <laughs> Thanks for going to the SEC, guys. And not going to the Pac-12. Hey, you were talking about... Uh, Teams that lack offense, Colorado, after the 10-7 loss to AM gets blanked by Minnesota, 30 to nothing. But uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Clemson, 14-8. to They played a couple of super low-scoring games, 10-3 to with Georgia, now 14-8 with Georgia Tech. That's weird because that Yui Ungulele, when he came in last year against Notre Dame, looked great. And now they don't have any offense. Eighth-ranked Cincinnati was in trouble early against Indiana, down 14-0. They rallied to win 38-24. I was watching a lot of the games. A future Big 12 team. That was a good comeback for them. Yeah, it was. It was a fun game. Ohio State scored late to uh, pull away from Tulsa. That was a little surprising there. Ohio State with the loss to Oregon, and now a relatively close game with Tulsa. They ended up winning by 21 points, but... Tulsa, future member of the uh, Mountain West, when the Mountain, uh, when the AAC poaches a couple of teams, CSU and Air Force. That's what San Diego Union Tribune is reporting. San Diego State and uh, Boise think they're too good for that. They're waiting for the Big Twelve invite. Hang out, hope it comes. And Auburn, once every ninety years, you go to Big Ten country and lose and. Then you go back and wait another 90 years and tell everybody how good the SEC is. Penn State gets the win at home. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Here is Seeger, who singled a right in his first at-bat. On the first pitch he sees, he drills one to right center field, and it is out of here, a home run. Why in the world do they ever throw a first pitch strike to Corey Seeger? Little looper, he's got it! Rosario has hit for the cycle! And he wants that baseball, you bet! Double, triple, homer, single. Eddie Rosario hits for the cycle. Braves beat the Giants. Three to nothing, salvage the final game. Giants take two of three from the Braves. Earlier in there, your Charlie Steiner on the Dodger call. They won two of three over the Reds. Clayton Kershaw's back. The Dodgers need more pitching. He makes his second start, gets his first win after taking a couple months off there. The race continues. Nothing changed since Friday morning as they both win two out of three in the National League West. Yeah, it's going to be an epic wild card. Got to get them out so they can uh, go play each other. However it works out right now, well, the Dodgers in the wild card spot. To have a team with a great, great record in a one-game deal. Wow, yep. that's dangerous. The Cardinals have taken over the other uh, wild card spot in front of the Reds and the Padres. They swept the Padres. Cardinals have won eight in a row. They won 8-7. 
Padres are yelling at each other in the dugout this weekend, so that was good. Manny Machado screaming at Fernando Tatis, it's not about you. Sure it is. <laughs> I disagree. That might be why the yelling started. That if might I be watch that team, he's the number one guy I want to see, right? They are 10-24 and 24 in their last 34 games, so that's why they're getting all cranky in the dugout. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL beats the Sounders, the guy with the most assists on the team. John Stockton. Aaron Herrera. Yeah. Finds the guy with the most goals on the team. Call Malone. Pinpoint. Yeah, right. <laughs> Pinpoint in between two defenders for the header. The game's only goal. They get the win. They beat the Sounders, who, as good as they are, never seem to win here. Now they get ready to go to Portland. One point behind Portland in the standings, two points behind the Galaxy, and they've got the Galaxy at home after Portland. So, chance to move up in the playoff standings. They haven't won three in a row all year. Back-to-back wins again. See what they do next Saturday against the Timbers. But good good game defensively for a team to get a shutout after they've given up 14 goals in five games. That was different than the free-flowing, high-scoring stuff they'd been doing in the two previous games. They tightened up the act and back. Fine. Take it any way you can there. Absolutely. All right, DJ and PK, that is what is going on. There you go. You are caught up to date. What is Trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. When we come back, Nick Ford, Utah Center. We'll have to talk offensive line problems with him, and we will do that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. We knew that this was coming when the Big 12 did what they did and took three AAC teams and put them into the Big 12. Those three have all accepted that invite. They're leaving. Now Commissioner Mike Oresco and Conference are headhunting the Mountain West Conference. There have been four teams announced as most interest. Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, and San Diego State. The Mountain West is without a doubt a better conference than the AAC. But AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco is extremely aggressive. He's not going down without a fight. And if you're Craig Thompson and you're not being aggressive and you're not trying to find a way to put away the AAC, they're going to do the same to you. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, is coming up in one hour. Talk about a wild come-from-behind victory at Air Force in the conference opener. His Aggies are off to a perfect 3-0 start with Boise State coming to town for a huge game. Breakfast with the Aggies, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. It's on CBS. Great. KUTV will have it at 10 a.m. I'm jacked for that game. Huge, huge game. I love the fact that it's 10 a.m. Really? Yeah. Remind everyone back in the day, getting up to uh, Little fourth, League, maybe. In the fourth grade? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Great. I, I love it. It's something different. Logan should be electric. All you folks up there, you better get your butts to the stadium. Because the Bronco fans are going to be there. And I hate them. <laughs> hate them with a passion. Never since you were born. I hate them, man. It's, it's, one thing, nuts. it's the one thing everybody in this state agrees to. Years of getting beat by those guys. 
Now, BYU's gotten him a couple times. I respect the heck out of their program. How good are they right now? Question marks. Could be pretty good, despite the record. No, they're okay. I mean, they're yeah. getting blown haven't won, out. Haven't won a couple of close games. They're 0-0 zero zero in the league, right? <laughs> they are. The, <laughs> to borrow from Kyle Whittingham and every other coach has had a couple of disappointing non-con losses. I don't think there's any shame in losing to Oklahoma State by a point. 21-20 at home yeah. in the weirdest of games. Uh-huh. High-scoring first half, not a single point scored after halftime. It was 21-20 at the break. It finished 21-20. The unpredictable nature is, is why we're sucked in. At least yes, that is are. what it is. Yeah. Unscripted drama. You don't know where this is going. I mean, I rarely care who wins a football game, uh, but the drama of it and the fun of it, absolutely. I'm, I'm all all fired up for it. But but the Utes, man, they got to get going. I'm, I'm, st- I'm not ready to close the books on their season and just say this isn't a good football team. Not ready yet. I'm not even close to that, actually. You're the one. Yeah. I, if I'm the one, so be it. I don't have any problem saying it. Come on, you haven't talked to Ute fans over the last couple sure. of days. Sure, that's why I say that. Right. That's why I have this conviction. Absolutely, I have. Don't you think you're the only one? Or did you talk to other Ute fans? All the Ute fans oh, I've I talked to. plenty. Yeah. Way down. I got it. But when the crowd zigs... <clears throat> You zag, baby. <laughs> and I'm not ready to, to call this thing. Because I believe they're going to have a new quarterback. I don't know that, but I believe they're going to have that. Why wouldn't if you watch the game? I, obviously. The O-line is struggling to block. As a quarterback, you're going to have to create something out of nothing, and Rising is clearly better at that. It's freaking Johnny Manziel. <laughs> that is a bridge too far. You, oh, no, come on, man. When he scores, he's going to take the thumb and the middle finger and the index finger, and he's going to start rubbing them? I wasn't, I wasn't even talking about all that stuff. But, but, Johnny, you couldn't take your eyes off him in college, running around creating stuff. Well, you want to give me? It was Manziel light. Yes, if you want to give me, he's a poor man's Johnny Manziel. I'll buy off of that. But he's going to grow into it. He really did, and and he took some big hits. And honestly, that makes me nervous. But he took some big hits and got through it. And for a quarter and a half or whatever it was, he did. Kyle's right. He provided a spark. Now, ultimately, they need a pocket, and they need guys who can catch the ball. They still had issues with drops in that game overshadowed by some of the other issues they had. And like you said, it's not just pass protection they're struggling with. The running game, there were multiple times shotgun snap, handoff, bam, dropped. No time to do anything else but hold on to the ball and not turn that That's thing That's shocking. That really, seriously shocked me. That's guys in Game 3 still not knowing what they're supposed well, to do. Simon's. I think, right, I, that's what I thought watching it. Now, we'll ask uh, Nick, he's supposed to join us here in this segment. Yeah, I'm t- I've been texting with Hans Olsen this morning. He's an offensive line guru. He does those uh, breakdowns that are available. You can check them out. He's sending them to me, and I'm looking at them uh, as we're going through because uh, he certainly knows a lot about offensive line, especially compared to me. But, you know, he's talking about breakdowns and, and th- that type of thing and the quickness of the defensive line with San Diego State and, and what, uh, what the Utes need to do. Uh, as far as getting it going, you know, I, I believe that I believe that they can do it. I believe they'll get better. I, I, I think I have to believe it. What am I going to do? 
close the books on the season after three games? I just well, can't, there's two I different things. That. You're not going to close the books. There's no chance we're closing the books. We've talked about 10 games into a season when there's only two left. If you win them both or if you lose them both, you're 7-3, and three, let's say. You have a chance to be 9-3, and three, which is great, 7-5, and five, which is mediocre. You can't close the books on a season with two games to go. You certainly can't do it nine to go. Plus, I look at their competition. But, Who's jumping at you? And I was about to say, two things, two things. Go ahead. Number one, this league isn't very good. There are a lot of bad results for this league. So there are a lot of winnable games out there. you got problems, but Arizona's got problems. Washington State's got problems. Colorado has problems. And there's problems all over the place. Oregon doesn't appear to have problems. USC is down to their backup quarterback, although that didn't appear to be a problem. But was that? Yeah, but they beat Washington State. That was I mean, about so Washington about State has problems. I mean, come right, on. exactly. And the Devils are nothing. The Bruins are. But for a Utah fan who much. wants to win the Pac-12, because that's the mountain that hasn't been climbed, and that's the next goal. That's the next thing they haven't achieved. Fine. That, that doesn't seem possible. But, but, but so win the South in a down year ain't bad. I agree. And they got a lot of young dudes. Yeah, I would. I would go with Rising. I mean, I think the kid's got Moxie. He's got. He's there's something about him. Even when I talked to him a couple years back when he got into town, it just. He's got like a Hollywood flair in a way. That, I find myself believing in him. And then I heard about last year, and everything was closed last year in the training camp that they had. But I got reports that he's just lighting it up. His completion level, uh, was just, uh, percentage was great. His accuracy and all that stuff. And, you know, if he doesn't have time and it doesn't really matter, you can have Tom Brady back there. But uh, if he's proverbially running for his life, as they say, what difference does it make? So they've got a lot of stuff that they need to get done. They've got to find a way to win. They We're coming in here next week and they're 0-1. All right. I'm in panic mode. At that point. But I don't think they will be. I think... Yeah, but if they're 1-0, you're not going to feel like everything's fixed. No, but... If but that's all you can do being is Being 0-1 is a thousand times worse than being 1-0 that's for a true many story. reasons. That's a true story. You got a crappy team coming into your place. Afternoon, you finally got an afternoon game. Uh, the place uh, maybe won't be anticipatory with excitement, but they still has a solid base of fans who show up every game and fire them up, man. In fact, you've been hearing about oh, BYU's fans. They're, they're causing everybody to jump off sides in the crowd and this and that. Well, what the crap? Let's get it going at Rice-Eccles. You don't want to let those Big 12 bleepity bleepers get a uh, leg up on you. You're always competing. You're never not. You're always building towards something in really everything. doesn't really matter what it is. But, you know, even if you went 7-5 and five this year, well, you're always building because you're returning so many guys for next year. Everything matters. It matters now, and it matters for the term. Right? It's all true. Yeah. So... Both of those things count. Even if the season doesn't matter, if it doesn't turn out, it's not like, well, that's just it, and you're going to be that whatever for the rest of the time. No. So you're building toward it. They have got to find a way to be cleaner and more consistent and execute better and do what they're supposed to do, what they're capable of doing. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they're not as capable of doing it to the highest level that we thought. But they could still do it a lot better. I really, really believe that. And it needs to start Saturday. 
And if it doesn't, well, then we can change the course of the conversation. But right now, I believe that this team can contend. If for no other reason that nobody in the South jumps out at me thinking, wow, man, that's an unbeatable team. Nobody, literally, obviously nobody. Everybody would say that. That the South is not looking at as overwhelming. Which is pretty weird when you consider the North went 1-5 and five week one and everybody's throwing dirt on the North. And now the South has buried itself in mediocrity and or hideousness, depending on which team and which game you're talking about. Yeah, and we compete in the the, the Utes compete in the South as opposed to competing in the North. You compete against the North, but you don't compete in the North. And so I, I look at these teams, and SC's already got a loss. Let's not forget that. Already, <laughs> and, they're they're the already... ones, and they're the ones who look the best, right. and they got a conference loss. Right. So if they stumble the rest of the way, you could theoretically lose to them and still win the thing. Potentially. Unlikely, but potential. It is unlikely, yeah, because right you got to play Oregon I don't, and they I, don't. I don't think that the Utes are going 8-1. and one. Right. In conference. They I mean, just need to too go, much of a lead. They just need to win. There hasn't been yeah. enough winning lately. Right, right, right. And it's not just this year. Right. It's over time. And, and the numbers are funky, and they don't always tell the real story. But it's like you said, if they lose next week, then the storyline is going to be the 1-3. and three. And people bring up the bigger point, if they lose next week, then they've lost 7 of the last 11 games. They've lost 6 of 10 as it is. And everything else aside... Good teams need to expect to win. Players need to walk off the feet, off the field with the winning feeling, and they need to walk back into the film yeah, room and practice yeah. thing, and they won. So you just you need a win because, like you, your guy Herm says, you play the game to win the game. So you got to win the next game. He's my ex guy. And get the winning feeling. Yeah, I, I'm not saddling them with those losses last year. Okay, but those losses last year, the ones that make the numbers look, I'm making air quotes, so good. I mean, if you take that out, then they've lost four of their last five. And I know you can take out the bowl game because they were missing guys, and I get all that. I'm a, it's just I, I'm guys right need, now, today. Right. Guys need to, and that's the point about Saturday. Guys, they came to the program, most of them, if not all of them, as winners in high school, and they've been winners in the U program until you get to bizarro year last year. They're averaging a little over nine wins a season. They need the winning feeling walking off the field. So what you're that's saying— what they need. You've lost that yeah. winning feeling. I don't, Whoa, that winning I don't, feeling. I, don't, I was waiting Whoa, for it. Whoa, that winning feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. We went to college to do this, Adam. Never forget that. Without you, Sniggy, what good am I? I don't think oh, they've lost. What good am I? They don't I? think they've lost the winning feeling. They're not screaming, <laughs> Wilson! Right now, they're still trying to swim for the volleyball. They got to get that thing. Why do you bring up Zach Wilson? <laughs> I wasn't bringing up Zach Wilson. He's gone. It's a different Wilson. You better learn how to face it. Cast away, people. I'm not ready to cast away this season. Exactly. But they give, need me, a, give me another game. They need to win against Washington State. And they got a bye week to get ready for USC. Let's go. Let's They'll go. Right now is the game of the year. If they don't beat Washington State and they go to 0-2 against the Cougars this year, both of us will come in with shaved heads next week. Absolutely not. <laughs> come on. Come on. Dude, it's just hair. Let me think about it. It'll grow Maybe back. Maybe I'll take off an eyebrow. Take off an eyebrow? Yeah, Hold on. Be a weird look. You'll go eyebrow before hair? Oh, yeah. Wow. An eyebrow? And one. Just one of yeah, them. Yeah, just one. Oh, that's a new one style. Of the, one of the three. Come on, man. <laughs> Shaved head if they lose. You'd fans, what would you do 
if they lost. Oh, no. Sell all your tickets at KSL.com. <laughs> no. They're going to win. They got to win. They got, they've got to win. This is, this is imperative that they, that they win. And I don't care. It can be ugly. It could be whatever. But just freaking win the ball game, man. You've got, you're facing a team that, speaking of losing, what are they? They 0-2 against D1ers and they beat Portland State. Yes, because uh, they lost the opener to Utah State before yeah. USC and then they just blew them off the field. They were 14 nothing. You got a backup freshman who throws a pick in a first possession, and then you get slaughtered like that and yep. get blown off the field. Yep, that's how it happened. Yeah. Took SC a while to get going, but when they got going, they went. That third quarter, unstoppable. That's what SC fans. Well, expect. Jackson Dart just throwing to uh, London every play. Good I mean, plan. Like, do that until it stops. <laughs> I know, but it just London's like, going to the NFL. Just keep throwing it to him until they stop yeah, him. They he don't stop him. With, he had all sorts of rep coming in. So thirteen catches for 170 yards and two scores. That is a monster day for Drake London. Yeah, he was brilliant. But but he, as I say, I don't follow recruiting big time, but I follow it a little bit. And he was expected to be really good, and he is. He is really good. So you got to look at him and say, wow. And Dart liked him. All right, Jeff is on the phone. He might be willing to accept your challenge here, PK. Shaved heads, all of us. Jeff, what happens if the Utes lose to Washington State and drop to 1-3? and three? I'll go to a BYU game. Oh! <laughs> Sober? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Said with no conviction whatsoever. <laughs> Way to sell the comedy, Jeff. Way to sell the comedy. Right, yep. Jeff, man, he's going to venture into Big 12 territory. I've seen the billboards. Big 12 country. Yeah. Yeah, how about that, man? Thanks for the call, Jeff. All right, thanks for the call, Jeff. That was great. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, we're 0 for 2 on the Utes and Cougars this morning. We're hoping Blake Anderson. Maybe an Aggie will Aggie head up. coach comes through at 930. We will effort Nick Ford and Samson Nakua and find out what's going on with those two. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Ready, ready, ready. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes open up Pac-12 play as they welcome in Washington State for an early start. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 1030 with the postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. So on first down, now another play fake. And again, trying to get away. Stays alive and throws a pick. Threw it right to the defender. Down the sideline, Merlin Robertson is going to be tracked out from behind, and the ball comes out. I don't believe it. Algier. Tyler Algier chased him down and not only tackled him, he stripped it, and then it was the quarterback, Jaron Hall, who followed the play and hustled down and 
fell on the football. There's the Chevy Strong play of the game, Tyler Algier. Two turnovers, one play. He makes it happen. You can make it happen today at 450. Know that play, and you can win fabulous prizes. DJ and PK, take a break. Nick Ford just checked in. We will get the Ute Center next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it is time to talk Ute football right now with the Ute Center. Nick Ford, he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercially property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Time to bring in Nick Ford, the Youth Center. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Nick, I say good morning because we say that by rote. It doesn't feel like that good a morning for Ute, uh, for Ute fans. Does it feel like that good a morning for you players, or you need to get back to another game pretty quick to get the, uh, get the taste of that? Get that out of your mouth. Uh, yeah, no, we for sure need to get back. But uh, yeah, we're uh, not not the best of mornings, and uh, it's good to be optimistic about uh, what we have going right now. So after the game the other night, Devin Lloyd said that uh, on Sunday the players were going to have a players only meeting. I don't know if you had it, but if you did, can you describe the mood of that meeting? Um, no, we did. Uh, it was an in house thing. I don't. I don't really want to talk about, but, um, you know, we just discussed the things that we needed to do to, uh, you know, do what we're capable of. Do you think the issues right now are more X's and O's, or is it a little more about just enforcing your will on the game and basically demanding victory and everything else falls in line? Um, I think everyone can get a little better at everything. I think, um, you know, mistakes are made here and there, which is unacceptable. And, um, you know, we really got to get better everywhere. But yet, when they made a quarterback change, there was a spark. How do you explain that? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, One thing, you know, noticing on film, you know, we're uh, in quite good shape. And, uh, you know, that two-minute drive, you know, you could really see us start to pull away when, you know, people started to get tired. And, you know, that was a big difference. But, um you know, Cam's a good quarterback, so is Charlie. And, you know, I got faith in whoever is back there getting the ball. And, you know, you know whatever happens, happens. So, I mean, I'm not too sure. But, uh, you know, our, you know, we just had a well-prepared two-minute. And we went out and executed that two-minute. And um, that's what we need to continue to do is continue to go out and ex- execute and build off of that. I think everybody was surprised watching that game at how many times the quarterback went to hand the ball off and there was a defender right there. When you go back and look at the film, numbers and guys are unblocked or guys are missing assignments so guys are unblocked because clearly the guys were unblocked. That's why they're getting back there so fast. Yeah, again, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a mix of things. You know, you, I, I'm not going to point fingers at the courts. There's no players. You know, we all had our part in it. Um, you know, looking at it, sometimes it would be us, sometimes it would be the coaches. You know, it is what it is. And that's that's what we need to get fixed, and that's what we addressed today. Um, and there's no excuse for that at all. I mean, you know, yeah, I can't sit here and complain or say, what about this or if that. Um, it's something that was addressed, and, you know, going forward, we're going to take into account. 
The composition of the team this year is real interesting because there's guys like yourself, a few of you, who've been around when the team has won and had big games and had success. The majority of the team is on the younger side and haven't been through a lot of the success that the program has achieved and obviously winning the South the last couple of years, except for, you know, last year was a fluky year. But other than that, you know, you've won it twice. How much can that group, guys like yourself, who've been here and have experienced success at a high level, take control of this situation and get the team back on the right track? Um. It's very possible, and that's why, you know, we called for that players' meeting. You know, it was, you know, a bunch of the older guys talking about it, me, Devin, Bryant, Cam, you know, everyone who uh, is older and who's been around the program for a while. And, um, you know, that was a big part of that. And we're definitely taking that into account. Um, I mean, shoot, that's why I was late this morning because, you know, I'm sitting there, like, talking, doing everything extra and, you know, I have been doing that, but I mean, you know, obviously, we know we need to do something more. We need to uh, say something a little bit different or keep bashing the same notes because maybe this is the one time somebody's going to, you know, hear it slightly different and it clicks for them. So, I mean, you know, it's very possible. I think it just has to be something that uh, continues on and will continue on. Uh, it'll, will, it'll get turned around. You're not the O-line coach, but it feels to me like you're the assistant O-line coach. I mean, you've been there forever. you played every position. You're the center now, which is critical. You're the heartbeat right in the middle of everything. So you really can't talk to these guys and say, you need to do this, you need to do that. The problem is this, the problem is that, because you've been through it. So how much do you really get into that with your teammates on the O-line? Oh, I get into it quite a bit, but like I said, you know, I'm not – I'm not one of the point fingers at anybody. Um, you know, I have my own flaws. I definitely need to fix my snaps. Um, I think it's more, um, it's, uh, building a type of, uh, like just nonverbal and just, it's, uh, it's just an offensive line thing where you got to trust your partner and do this and do that where you got to, you know, know you're passing with one and know it's okay, know that guy's not going to make a play. And at the same time, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes in the offensive line play. And I feel like we're back and forth on that, and that's what's messing us up. And, um, you know, sometimes we go in and, you know, we're having a track mentality, and then other times we're having a head-up mentality. And the reality is, you know, a lot of teams move on us because a lot of people don't want to go head-up. So I think um, it's time to just go back and fall on our basis of, you know, downhill football versus trying to, uh, you know, worry about this, worry about that. Just get your matchup and go get on. For you guys who've been around, you're used to being 3-0 and at this point in the season. It's been a long time since you weren't 3-0. and I mean, I think it was the first year in the conference, and except for last year, but you didn't have any non-conference games, so that doesn't mm-hmm. count. Other than that, you've always been three and zero. And how different does it feel now as you start conference play, basically to not be three and zero? You know, we're we're pissed off for greatness. It's not something you know you can sit here and dwell on because it will um, topple everything over. And uh, looking at it the way we're looking at it, um, you know, 
we know our mistakes. We know what we have to fix. We know what we have to get done. And we still have an opportunity to turn everything around. You know, there's still nine games of conference play. We're still, you know, I know the record preseason is one and three, but I mean, we're zero on zero right now as we see it. And um, basically, that, that's that's why I said the team is very um, optimistic right now and, you know, willing, willing right now because we see what we have in front of us. We understand what just happened. And we understand that we cannot continue to let that happen. So um, it's definitely a different feel. But, you know, if we sit here and um, take it the wrong way, um, you know, take that bad situation and just continue to harp on that bad situation, it's not going to end well. So we're we're looking to go one or no on the weekend. You know, we got our eyes set on Wazoo and to fix our mistakes and, um, you know, Top, let it continue to trickle down from there, from this week. You know, I do think you're on to something with uh, the too much negativity. The scoreboard is what it is, and certainly everybody on the team knows that. But, you know, there is value, and you've felt this, I'm sure. There is value in walking on the field at the start of a game or on the court, whatever your sport is, walking on and thinking, I'm going to win this, and then walking off three hours later, having won that, do the last couple of games shake that uh, that faith, that foundation in your teammates? Uh, no, we know we know we have capable athletes. We know we have more than capable athletes. We we understand we have mismatches everywhere, and um, you know we just have to gel together um, as an entire team. Um, and I think that's what's going to make the difference. I mean, you look in the last the last uh, fourth quarter. Um, you know, things started to really gel together, and everyone, you know, it was 11 people playing, not 10, not, you know, 9, not whatever it is. It was 11 people playing, and that's what it's going to take from here on out is 11 people playing, 11 people being on the same page. Um, and, you know, that's including the coaches, coaches being on the same page, understanding, you know, how the other teams play in the situation. and um, You know, just everybody all, all over just – understanding and being on the same page and uh you know that's what we have to look forward to we can't let that mentality of oh we're going out to win and lose roll like continue to roll over you know um it's all about getting out there winning and performing you know at the end of the day um you know the scoreboard is a scoreboard and we got to go out there and gel for a full 60 minutes not you know about 15 have you been watching the Pac-12 and in particular the South? Because so far, and it's barely into it, man, it seems like it's a screwy division. And I know that most of the teams haven't played conference games. SC had the one against Stanford. But teams are up one week, down the next, and whatnot. The point being that it looks wide open. Yeah, and that's why we're you know very optimistic. I mean, you could look at more than just the Pac-12 play, you look at the play all over the country, like, the CFB is crazy right now, like, college football, like, it's everybody's game right now, and, you know, that's how it is a lot of years in the Pac-12, but now it is that way nationwide, and that's why we're, you know, going into this optimistic versus, um, you know, negative and having a detrimental attitude, because we understand, you know, that there's ups and downs everywhere, but, what determines the final outcome will be 
the next 10 week stretch those first three weeks you know for some some teams it was awesome it was amazing for other teams like us it was you know it was rough but what's going to determine everything is the next 10 weeks what are you going to do now that you have your conference uh your conference opponent next you know across the line from you and um that's what we're more focused on and we understand that you know, that's why I think that that mindset about the the expecting to win is so important because watching games, you guys had a little earlier game, so you probably didn't get to watch as much, but my gosh, the momentum swings inside of games. SC looked terrible, and they had a quarterback injury, and they were behind, and they outscored Washington State 28 nothing in the third quarter. And Oklahoma had Nebraska until they didn't, and then they were hanging on at the end. And Fresno and UCLA, that game, you get seasick watching the lead changes in that game and in the Utah State Air Force game. So I'm just curious, because there are so many college games like that, if you guys have that feeling, because you got to be resilient inside a game, because it's not going to go right for three straight hours. Stuff's going to go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Joined right now by Nick Ford, Ute Center. Trying to bounce back after a, a couple of losses in the conference opener with Washington State. You got a 12-30 game. You ready for some daytime football, Nick? You ready to get out from underneath the lights and all the waiting? <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know, um, it's always awesome being able to wake up and get ready to go and get out there. And uh, versus waking up and sitting at the hotel all day, um, it'll be, you know, it'll be good. Um, like I said, the team's very optimistic. Got a good early kick. Um, can't wait to see everyone come out to the stadium and, uh, you know, get this entire show turned around. You know, um, the team is going to be electric. I know the atmosphere is going to be electric. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for uh, this Saturday. So, Nick, what would be a trip home without feeling an earthquake? It's just like old regular times, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I, we were all sitting there eating dinner and then everything started shaking and I was like, what's going on? I was like, it's an earthquake. They're like, what? I was like, yeah, y'all feel it? <laughs> what the hell? And then a bunch of the boys were like, yeah, because I, I, this was the first time in California. They're like, yeah, I can't do LA. Like, this, this is crazy. Like, I can't be doing this. I'm like, man, it's fine. Falls. I'm like, no, the buildings out here are built for this. Like, I'm not worried about the building out here. Yeah, I can recall the first time I moved. I moved to, from Arizona to Pedro, and I had an apartment at uh, on Western Avenue and, and First Street there up up top. Okay. And uh, so it was at six thirty in the morning on a Sunday, and I'm with my wife, and we're we're in our first year of marriage, and the bed starts shaking. It's like six, as I say, six thirty, and she says, mm-hmm. "Stop shaking the bed. It's too early. What are you doing?" I said, "I'm not shaking the bed. Then why is it bouncing?" I said, "We're having an earthquake." I said, "Look at it. we had a plant that was." hanging from the ceiling I said look at that and it's swaying back and forth <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, the memories are always a good one my uh my first one as a kid was that we had a big earthquake it was probably like a five or a six and um so me and my siblings start freaking out there's an earthquake my mom's yelling there's an earthquake and we're running to go out front and my dad's just sitting there on the couch swaying, eating food, watching Monday Night Football. He's like, <laughs> you guys relax. <laughs> that just always stuck with me. The, like, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. When we had the earthquake out here, though, I kind of got nervous because I live on the sixth floor of an apartment complex. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if these buildings are up to code. Oh, yeah, 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 true. Good point. So I left. But, uh, 
when I'm back home, it kind of doesn't bother me as much. You know, if it's a four-something, it really isn't that big a deal. You're right. Stuff is built for it. Six or seven, that'll get people's attention. But a four, yeah, that's just sure. another day in the life. Yeah. No, that's a, definitely a spin on your day. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, we appreciate you checking in. Good luck this week. And we will talk to you again next week after the Washington State game. Yes, sir. After, after we get this win, man. Nick Ford, Youth Center, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK, you're from Jersey. You oversell it. You do it for comedy's sake and because it makes people uncomfortable. But I think this week it's really important. Confidence, mindset, toughness, powering through things when they go wrong. You know, when you're winning and you expect to win, I think that comes a little more easily and a little more naturally. Not that it's automatic. You still got to make stuff happen. But when stuff starts going wrong and teams start thinking, here we go again, what's going to go wrong? That's the mindset of a losing team. And we joke about soft Southern California mentality and Jersey toughness and all that, but you see it in sports so often. SC had a winning mentality. Washington State did not. Washington State's ahead. But something starts going wrong. And Washington State crumbles. And SC pushed through it. They had a chance. They're down a couple scores. Their quarterback, their star quarterback gets hurt. Man, they just pushed through it. And in the middle of the third quarter, if you turn the game on, you wouldn't have known the roller coaster that was ridden early in that game. No, that's all true. But I can argue that Utah has had more talent than the two teams that they lost yep. to. Now, you can also argue that they don't. But... Internally, they've got to believe that they're capable. It'll be interesting to see on this players only because Devin Lloyd comes out Saturday night. Yep. And it wasn't very long between the end of the game, 15 minutes maybe, 20 tops. So in that time, they had already decided that when we get back home and get back to school on Sunday, we're going to get everybody together, players only, and go from there. It just it's an interesting dynamic, the composition of their roster, because two years ago, uh, when they went eight and one, they had about twenty five leaders. There's so many guys that could point to it. Here they don't because it's a divide between some guys who are left over and then because all those guys went to the NFL, replaced by a bunch of new guys. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're finding that last year, really didn't necessarily provide the experience that maybe we thought it would and their progression has been stalled a little bit and then they lose a talent of the a player of the talent the caliber of a Ty Jordan is a significant blow in what you intend intended for him to be back and it's just it's a significant blow in multiple ways obviously on the field but then the emotional side because when you're younger you don't really think about death that much and especially you don't think about death among your peers and when it happens, it's just a big-time shock, you know, and may, is there something there? But at the same time here now, they need a conference game more more than ever. They need to get going. They need to be 1-0 and because if you're 1-0, and you know, they're not going to make the playoff, but they probably weren't going to make the playoff anyway. You can separate that, and so you can have two distinct separate seasons, basically. You can only play it up so much, though, if you don't get it done. Because every every team that has lost a game or two in non-conference, well, everything starts zero zero. Right, that's so, going to be the message. So it's across the country. That only lasts for one week, and then you're either one and zero or zero and one. 
Yeah, I don't know that I've ever felt more urgency on this team, and I probably have, but I'm forgetting it. Uh, but right now, the urgency. Oh, I can give is you two great. examples. I can give you two I know examples. You can because you're a nerd. You right. can do that. I can't. It's a gift. I live. I live now. I live as you, you know. But, I don't. I don't dwell on the mistakes of the past. But <laughs> total BS. Total and complete BS. He just got it. Really? <laughs> Sorry, it took me a minute. So you. This is one of the all time. This is one of your favorite quotes because it goes to your Jersey mental toughness leadership thing. Bergstrom, we're not letting this season slip away. They had a four game losing streak that's true and, Bers- and so Bergstrom one, I think was a significant leader on that team first, that first year, year in the Pac-12 and yeah. a four game losing streak when they'd lost like seven games in three and a half seasons mm-hmm. in the Mountain West none of these guys had ever had a month of losing and he's like enough with the mindset enough with letting the season slip away it turns around here they beat four teams and if you go back and look, four teams that didn't have very good seasons, and then they messed up the Colorado game in the finale and won the bowl game. But they got to eight and five, and that was a whole lot better For your first than the four and eight or five and seven that it looked like they were on their way to. And another example, and you'll remember this when I bring it up, is Kyle's third year. They're one and three. They smoke yeah. UCLA at home. You think they're on their way, and they go to UNLV and they get shut out. Uh, well, who are these guys? Figure it out. Well, they did. They went eight and one the rest of the season, and it set the stage for the Sugar Bowl the next year. It's just that those teams, I don't think, had heaped the responsibility and expectation that this team has. I see where you're going so with that. It Absolutely. was easier. There was less pressure because, particularly as they transitioned into the conference. Yep. I don't think people expected much. Maybe they did, but if you had they any did. history, <laughs> you did. thought it was going to be. You know I, I felt did. it was going to be a struggle. So there, they weren't picked to go to the Rose Bowl. Some people, some media around here picked him to go to the Rose Bowl this year. Nobody picked him to go to the Rose Bowl in 2011. So it was easier because there was less expectation. There's a whole heck of a lot of expectation. And then Stanford loses. I mean, Stanford beats SC. Yeah. And like, why is this wide open? open. Man, yeah. you're gonna roll. You're the you're the clear established prohibitive favorite. And then they go 0-2 since that game. So that those teams exceeded expectation, which is great. But there's nothing worse than underachieving. Underachieving is the most torturous, painful thing to endure if you underachieve. If you overachieve, it's great. If you achieve what you're supposed to, it's good too. But underachieving is a big-time burden that is far greater than exceeding expectations. And right now, this team is viewed as underachieving. So the burden is much stronger than those examples that you bring up. Well, Valid, the other, but, un- the other, but the other not flaw, as much. The other flaw with my examples, to argue with myself, and I know you love it when I do that. Well, that's why you can't lose. That was a long time ago, and there are a yep. few people around. Kyle, obviously. Andy was actually, Andy Lugg was actually there the first time. He wasn't there the, the second example. Norm Chow was there. Andy had gone off to other jobs. Morgan Scally was in the program. So there's a, a very small handful of people have that experience. Yeah. For the Nick Fords of the world, what they know is nine plus wins a season. Right. On average. That's what they know. And they could still get to a nine win season this year, but they got to get going and get a lot better. 
And none of there's really even no point about arguing about you know eight and one or Jeez, if they four win, and five they or win nine games they one win and eight. It's the it's yeah probably. But right now none of that matters. All of that is just blah 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 blah. I agree. Right now I agree. beat Washington State. Yeah, and then you have a bye week to get ready for SC. I don't even know the schedule after that. I don't care. Beat Wazoo. Agreed. You got to beat Wazoo, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Yep. All right, DJ and PK, the Utes are struggling. The Cougars are rolling. And then there's the Aggies. Not just that they're 3-0 and with a new coach, a new staff, a gazillion new transfers, but these guys, when they get down in the middle of the game, they definitely still believe. And we will talk with Blake Anderson about that next. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. We knew that this was coming when the Big 12 did what they did and took three AAC teams and put them into the Big 12. Those three have all accepted that invite. They're leaving. Now Commissioner Mike Oresco and Conference are headhunting the Mountain West Conference. There have been four teams announced as most interest. Air Force, Boise State, Colorado State, and San Diego State. The Mountain West is without a doubt a better conference than the AAC. But AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco is extremely aggressive. He's not going down without a fight. And if you're Craig Thompson and you're not being aggressive and you're not trying to find a way to put away the AAC, they're going to do the same to you. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Aggie head coach Blake Anderson. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on the Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each Smart Controller you buy. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Coach, I can just imagine your team meetings. You know, you were 2-0, and and you were happy the guys fought back, but you're telling them, now let's, let's get off to fast start, get out in front, control the game, and they just toy with you and fall behind by double digits three times and rally every time. You've coached a long time, but there's no way you've been through something like these first three games. Am I right? No, no, you're right. We, I mean, we've come from behind before, but, but to stack three in a row, double digits, um, you know, comebacks have not been a part of that in my career. Love, love the fact that our guys are, you know, just resilient and continue to fight and, and don't panic. You know, I, I think if you if you watch just the faces and the attitudes on the sideline, it, it just man, it makes you feel good about what we're building because at some point you, you're um, when it continues to happen on a weekly basis, you would think they're going to crack, they're going to get frustrated. You know, guys are going to start. Uh, you know, kind of getting outside of what we what we ask, and they just haven't. I mean, they've been great. They've been phenomenal and continue to battle and kind of believe in what we're doing, and we're able to scrap and claw our way back into it. It is stressful as all can be, but <laughs> but, uh, man, to be 3-0, and considering who we've played and coming out of, you know, a season that they came out of last year, I could not be prouder of the group of guys that we're coaching. Yeah, you speak of that season last year, and as I'm watching that Air Force game, and thanks for the way you guys have been playing because it's been wildly entertaining, and I just want to be entertained, and you guys have done that, and I appreciate that. But as I'm watching the game, you know, I, I can't ask you to 
speak on last year because obviously you weren't there, but we were here and we've been watching Aggie football for a good long time. And there, and the spirit and the competitive toughness and all that clearly was missing. And that's nothing I want you to address. Rather, I want you to address the spirit and competitive toughness this year because it seems to me you take a kid like bowling just catching some early passes over the middle and knowing he might get clobbered but just the toughness and the desire to compete speak on that yeah we, that's what we focused on since day one of getting here you know you you really don't know the talent of the of the league honestly don't know how our talent compares to other teams and, and people that we're going to play so we just focused internally on trying to prepare the, you know, just the mentally and physically toughest team we could, prepare to play 60 minutes, which which clearly we've been able to show the ability to play fast for 60 minutes. And and just we, we focus on being one degree better every day. And we do that with three things in mind, selfless attitude, team first. We talk about toughness, both mental and physical, that, and then accountability, doing your job, doing your job the best you can. And We've kept it very, very simple. We have just poured into these guys on and off the field to build relationships. The guys that we brought in that were new, the guys that were here before, and just said, man, we can, you know, sky's the limit. We can be whoever we want to be. Uh, they've bought in. They've done a phenomenal job. And I think what you're seeing on the field is a group of guys that are excited about how we're doing things on a daily basis that want to prove that, that you know, that last year was not who they were, that it, there's a lot of factors involved and just are hungry to go out and, and play together every week. And that's guys that were here before and guys that came in and chose this place in, you know, in, in January or chose this place in the summer. Uh, they've gelled really well. It has become a very tight-knit group of guys. And it all I think it all plays to the culture that we've been creating since January, both in football and in the offseason with Paul Jackson and the strength staff. And it's given us a chance to be competitive every week. I'm I'm really – I love the environment that we have every day, and it's it's a great foundation to build on for the future. But we're seeing the benefits of that late in the game when it gets crazy, and when it gets tight, they're still able to play together and pull together and do what we ask. And you know, we're finding a way to win games. And, and I'm, I'm glad you're in, in uh, entertained because I'm stressed out. So <laughs> sure, I just sit back and watch big plays left and right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, I do have. I, there is a level of confidence that we we have guys that can and will make those plays, but but knowing they can and seeing them do it, I mean the, the strip fumble, the interception coming out of the end zone, the big catch over the middle, whether it be DT or Brandon Bowling or or Griff or or the big run, I mean you 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 see those things in practice and you know they're capable, but it always comes down to being able to be calm enough, prepared enough, and ready when that opportunity presents itself in a game when it's a one-score or two-score game late. And, and that's the that's where you really get excited is when those guys are able to do that when it matters most. And we've come up with those plays three weeks in a row against really good opponents to, to get wins that um, a lot of cases, you know, you get close, you just don't get it done. Blake Anderson, Utah State coach, joining us after the win over Air Force. I, you know, PK and I have been doing the show for almost 20 years now. And as you can imagine, we have had a lot of smoke blown our way in you know, various sound bites, interviews, quotes. And to a certain degree, you get it because people have to say stuff. But you said something a couple weeks ago, and I wondered, is he blowing smoke or is there something really <laughs> weird going on? And you were talking about how 
you knew you wanted Bonner to start, but you couldn't tell Peasley why he wasn't starting. And I'm like, well, is he just soft-selling it so the backup doesn't feel bad? But that Air Force game, I saw your dilemma on full display. You get pretty good quarterback play from two different guys, and Bonner takes a nasty hit, and Peasley just comes in and just starts throwing touchdown passes. No wonder you struggled with what to tell him. Yeah, well, the other thing that, that you know the public can't see is, is the work that Peasley gave the program from January till fall camp. You know, really, Bonner with the injury with the broken foot missed the entire spring, the entire summer. Now, I've got five years of history with him, so I knew what to expect. But you cannot just discount the leadership and the work ethic that we got out of Peasley. So there's, you know, you've got to honor that. You've got to respect that. You've got to show the team that you appreciate it. So that, that puts you in a position where he's got to get every opportunity to be the starter. And then, as you saw, he can do some amazing things with his athletic ability out in space. And I don't really want to play two quarterbacks all the time. I've seen where that can be. We've been successful that way uh, at times, but, but I think there's something to giving a guy a chance to get some rhythm. But keeping him involved and giving him a role played off big the other night because when Bonner did go down and he got to a point where he could not turn on the ball and throw it, Peasley was ready. He had every... I think he'd done everything all week to prepare as a starter, and we went out and did not miss a beat. He made some huge plays down the stretch to help us win that game. Yeah, you're right. You can see we've got two quarterbacks with their own kind of unique skill set that make them good at at, at certain things, and they're they're difficult to defend in in different ways, and and we've had to use both of them to, to win three games. Air Force offensively, obviously they run the triple option. They did that very well, ran for whatever it was, 400-some yards. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. but A bunch. Yeah, a bunch. obviously. But I was surprised that Daniels is setting personal records in the first half, throwing the ball. And it's kind of a weird question, but how much of their ability to run the ball effectively contributed to that passing success that they had and how much concern do you have going forward? Well, I, I thought we got way – way focused on the triple and, and really did some very uncharacteristic things in the throw game. Uh, we got better later in the game when we just kind of settled down and just said, hey, we're going to play a guy man-to-man and just cover the dude. You're so caught up in what's happening in the backfield. We absolutely lost our mind in the back end and, and turned guys completely loose. We got them off schedule about seven times in the first half and did not respond well in any. Second and 17, third and 11s, third and 10s, places that you want to get Air Force. But we were so, I think, caught up on on assignment, triple option assignment football that we did very, very, uh, you know, I don't know, undisciplined things in coverage areas and, and, and let them off the hook every single time. We finally made some plays later in the game. We won the fourth quarter on both sides, offensively and defensively. But it, it really just kind of came down to simplifying and getting down to just playing normal football and kind of getting the whole triple option thing out of your head to some degree. Uh, they did a phenomenal job, I thought, schematically at getting to the to the counters off of each thing. The, you know, you take one thing away, they go right back to something else and create another problem and, and a lot of yards. But at the end of the day, we, we, we found a way, you know, they found a way to make a stop when we had too late, create a turnover late when we had to to, to seal it. So now you get the Broncos, the 
If not the big dog in the Mountain West, certainly the road to the title has gone through. you got to beat them if you want to win it. They don't win it all the time, but they win a lot of them. And it's a 10 a.m. game. How much do you change things for this uh, early kickoff? How much do you have to change things going from Air Force's offense to Boise State? It seems like everything's new this week. Yeah, you know, it's clearly offenses will not look the same. You know, I think we're, we have at least seen – you know, with North Dakota, you know, we, we saw a lot of the bells and whistles of motions and tight ends and different sets. With with Washington State, we saw spread ball, so I think you get a little bit of both of those with them. Um, 10 a.m., we practice in the morning all fall camp. You know, our guys really are, are used to getting up and rolling. I, I love the idea of getting up, eating breakfast, and then, and then teeing it up. You don't have a whole lot of time to think about it. You just get out there and go. So. The challenge will be all the bells and whistles that we'll see from their offense, and then they've got they've got a defense that's built you know built really really well. It'll be a huge challenge for for our offense. We've they will be the best defense that we've seen uh, hands down to this point uh, out of all, and we and I feel like we've seen some good folks. So uh, the challenge is going to come in being able to execute against good people. When new coaches come in, they all have their philosophies and the way they speak, the way they act, and all that stuff, and. How important is it now? You've been saying stuff. You preach to the players. Everybody's got their own style. But now as you, as a new coach with these kids, now you have some success to back it up. So it's not empty words that you're preaching. How important is that? Because I've found in covering college football for many, many years, players don't believe in a coach. It's almost to the point where the talent's irrelevant. Yeah, you got to get them to buy in. And then it does help. That, that you see some success with what we're doing. You know, we we felt like going into the season that these kids had done everything we'd asked to do, and we've been preaching play hard for 60 minutes. Our conditioning is going to, you know, going to be uh, huge for us in the, in the fourth quarter. If you just continue to battle and chase the ball and play with great effort, man, good things are going to happen. But if you go out and you're sitting here 0-3 or 1-2 or with that philosophy, it's a lot harder to swallow. But what you're seeing – for us is, man, they're starting to see the things that we've talked about and preached every day and challenged them with starting to see those things actually pay big dividends in the game. And and that's when the light bulb goes off and guys like, hey, man, let's give a little bit more. This this is this has got a chance to be special. So, um, I mean, we're I think we're sitting in, in, in a great spot to, to be year one foundationally just trying to build this thing for the future. And, and we're having a lot of fun. Watch the guys – to figure this thing out, but they, uh, they, they've done the hard work. I mean, they, they, have, they have sacrificed and bought in, uh, but it, it does help that we've seen some early success because I think it kind of fuels the fire a little bit. Saturday, 10 a.m., we are looking forward to a coach. Big game early in the year. We're intrigued by it. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Strike that cliche in the case of the Aggies. They got two quarterbacks. Yeah, I never bought that. If you have two mediocre quarterbacks, you know what you have? Two mediocre quarterbacks? Yes. (laughs) They have two good quarterbacks. Different, but they both made some big plays. Uh, It's never been more important to have quality quarterbacks because injuries happen, so... Obviously, it happened to Bonner. I thought they should have flagged the kid. It seemed like it was way late and blindside and all that stuff. Uh, but nevertheless, Peasley's got some experience here. Just, this is this is the biggest game they've had in years, man. Biggest game since they've been in the Mountain West? Well, they've been in a Mountain West Conference title game, so I can't say that. But it's a big game. 
It is a big Who game. Who they play in a Mountain West title game? Is it Fresno? Fresno. Yeah, they played Fresno at yeah, Fresno. Yeah, and that, and that supersedes it for sure because they could have won that thing. But it's still a big game. Under this new coach and what he's trying to build yep. here, you go 2-0 and with uh, victories over these two teams and obviously Boise, man, that's just gigantic. Okay, biggest game since Blake Anderson has been in Logan. Can't argue with that. You got me. <laughs> you called it. That's a bold take. I take Kenny and That's strikes again. Played before noon on a Saturday. <laughs> You've narrowed it down in September. Who are you, Todd Graham? <laughs> nice, nice. I like that against a team. This home team is on a blue turf. P.S. I don't know if you guys watched that Hawaii San Jose game. He was full of cliches. Oh yeah, <laughs> I miss him. I, I missed I missed Hawaii and San Jose. I was I was gassed by by UCLA and Fresno State. They wiped me out. Well, I know what was going on at your house at that time of night. What was that? You were sleeping. Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice! Way to taunt us. Good job by you. Sweet man, I love it when you're cocky like that. Wow, the way you just said that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Fresno State. <laughs> didn't he do and that? UCLA That's was, exactly what he did, didn't he? Was followed by <laughs> San Diego State and Utah oh, Tate. Yeah, yeah, whatever you call it. <laughs> DJ PK, your feedback is coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Not sure if you guys heard about the family meeting, but mom and dad have decreed that Utah, things are right again. Back to the hand-me-downs in the small room at the end of the hall. Welcome back, little brother. (laughs) Top of your (laughs) Pac-12. Football Friday presented by Mountain Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Come. Who was that? That was Lane, and the second one actually didn't play. He sent two in. Let me play the second one. Hang on for just a second here. Lane, that was hilarious. You that sold it very well. That was good. <laughs> the yeah. little room at the end of the hall. Here's the second one. Here you go. So I guess about 10 years ago, there was a Harry Potter convention at the U of U. They no longer say BYU, but the team down south. Well, welcome back, little brother. The team down south is 3-0 and and on top of your Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> I love the kind of cowboy hick laugh. <laughs> Been waiting a long time. Back to the future. <laughs> People tweeting at us Brett McMurphy's updated bowl projections. Is Which there are anything, meaningless, but what anything the more useless than <laughs> September bowl predictions? <laughs> Try preseason bowl predictions. Yeah, you got me there. Yeah, just the same, practically. But Fiesta, BYU versus Cincinnati. Peach. Penn State versus Clemson. I'd take a trip home for Christmas. Rose, Iowa versus UCLA. Okay, Fiesta, BYU and Fiesta. Oh, they could build that. Future Big 12 opponents. That rocks my world. (laughs) Storylines write themselves. Yeah, They really do. That's what Bulls need to do, though. They need to find the storylines. Not just these random teams playing for what reason? Find the storylines. Give it a little extra sizzle. The Bulls need it. There's too many players checking out. The playoffs cast a long shadow over all the other bowl games. You need the sizzle. Oh, yeah, and you're freaking guaranteed to sell out. 
Those oh yeah, the Fiesta Mormons would, be, would come out behind Cactus down there. The Fiesta, the Fiesta knows <laughs> we're selling tickets. Oh, yeah. We're packed. <laughs> they would they would flock. Yeah, absolutely. We saw it 15, 16 years ago with the Utes. Phenomenal signs. Uh, watching up at Sun Devil Stadium and watching all that red flow into the stadium like that. I can remember it. I can remember Chris Hill just beaming as he should have been. It was just absolutely awesome. And to have Blue, in that case, play in the Fiesta Bowl uh, would be absolutely incredible. And play a future Big 12 opponent. Bowlesby would be there. He'd be oh, you know he rolling be around he'd, like a pig in he'd, mud. He'd be there early. <laughs> Christmas in Tempe for the commish. Yeah. I'll be there, which is the most important uh, person to attend the game. Meanwhile, road wins, home <laughs> losses, tweets this in. The Utes are 3-6 and six in the last nine games against FBS teams. Records of the team they've beaten, 7-9. and nine. Yeah, that's why I didn't get into the records last year so much with with BYU because I'm looking. Well, Utah won a division and was ranked sixth in a playoff or seventh or what? Who they beat? And you can you can take that and just go crazy on that stuff. Uh, so beat just win and let everybody else debate. Meanwhile, you win, and then let the the people discuss whatever they want to discuss. And Utah, I mean that those are the teams on their schedule. So what are they supposed to do? Just win, baby. Yeah. Everyone else can explain it away. Yeah, yeah, if, if yeah. If you win, right. you walk off the field feeling good. And it'll lead to a bigger game down the road. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're all done. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. And Hans will explain more about what has gone so wrong with Utah's offensive line. Because until that gets fixed... It's going to be an uphill battle. Oh, yeah, he can speak to it very much so. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone.